I just want to, uh, it, it can become a kind of an easy catchphrase, can't it? I was going to tell you about uh, something that happened uh, in our household uh, a few weeks ago. Um, as you know, this year, up until this week, we've been very busy trying to get a lot of renovation done on our, on our house. And um, Karen's given me permission to say this, actually, which is unusual because I don't normally ask. Um, <laughs> I work on the principle, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. Um, a few weeks ago, Karen was getting quite anxious about it all because we got so many things and we had to get this done before that person could come in and we had to get the wallpaper stripped and uh, it was getting a bit busy. And um, so I kept saying, don't worry about it because I'm kind of a bit more laid back about it. And don't worry, Karen. And um, eventually, actually, Karen decided she was going to hand it all over to God and uh, she felt much more peaceful about it. Um, but I kept saying, she'd say something to me and I'd say, oh, don't worry. She said, I'm not worrying. Uh, but I still kept saying, don't worry. Um, is this right, dear? Mm -hmm. It yeah. is. Um, it seems to be the thing to say, don't worry. In other words, it doesn't matter. Um, it's quite easy to use it in that situation. Um, but when Jesus says, don't be worried, uh, he means it really. Uh, it's hard to do. But don't worry is something that Jesus actually is commanding us here. Um, now, John 14 is part of these farewell speeches of Jesus before he went to the cross. And um, the context there was that the disciples were very worried and upset because Jesus had just told them that he was going to be going away. And they were very anxious and upset about it because they'd loved Jesus so much and to think of him going away was uh, a, a not a good thing. Uh, Bruce Milne in his commentary says, a future without Jesus is a shattering prospect. I wonder if that would ring true for you. A future without Jesus would be a shattering prospect. But Jesus says, trust in God, trust also in me. Um, in fact, some versions say, uh, you trust in God, trust also in me. What he was actually saying is, um, we, we trust in God, but actually trust in Jesus. Jesus and God are the same. And to trust in God uh, is to trust in Jesus. Um, now, I wonder when John wrote this down some years after Jesus said these words, <clears throat> When he wrote down, do not be worried, <clears throat> I wonder if it came back into his mind that time in Mark chapter four, when he and his brother Andrew took their fishing boat out on Lake Galilee and, uh, and, and Jesus got in the boat. And as they got across the lake, the whole a huge storm came up on the lake, which happens there as the, the wind <clears throat> rushes down from the hills around Lake Galilee, you can get some very, very severe storms on that lake. The disciples were terrified. They thought that they were going to die because this was the worst storm they'd ever seen. And what was even more disconcerting was they looked <clears throat> and at the back of the boat, they saw Jesus asleep in the boat. He was fast asleep while they were terrified that they were going to drown. And uh, 
<clears throat> John would have recalled. Can you get me some water, please? It's, it's not a. It's not that kind of cough, folks. It's just <clears throat> just a tickle. Um, Jesus, uh, as John recalled these words of Jesus and wrote them down, maybe he he thought that time when they were worried sick about what was going to happen to them, and Jesus was so calm about it that he was actually asleep in the boat. And Jesus wakes up. They wake him up. And the first thing he does is say, what are you worried about? And he speaks to the wind and the waves and he says, be still. And they were still. And then they say, what kind of man is this that he speaks to the wind and the waves and they obey him? And of course, that's a very key question. What kind of man is Jesus? He is God. He is nothing less than almighty creator God in human form. And so when we read in this passage, don't worry, do not be anxious. Um, we are uh, hearing God speak to us. The one who created this universe is saying to us, do not worry. Uh, we need to have faith in him. Trust in me, he says, trust in God, trust also in me. It could be translated, believe in me, believe also in, in, in God, believe in me. Um, it's about faith. But I want to just emphasize it. It's not having faith in our faith. Too many people have faith in their faith. If only my faith will hold. Well, folks, it may be that over the next few weeks, your faith is going to waver. But actually, God is not. Jesus is faithful. And we need to hang on to him just with our fingertips. <clears throat> but he will hold on to us with these strong arms. <clears throat> now, he gives us a few things to hang on to here. First of all, uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Uh, he's already just said to them, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One of the most famous sayings uh, in, in the whole of the gospel. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, normally, we associate this reading with funerals. Uh, quite a lot of people choose John 14 uh, at a funeral, and... Um, we're thinking about that God has prepared a place for them in heaven. But it's interesting that William Temple points out that in this passage, he's talking about a journey. Jesus is the way. We are following that journey. And he said in the East, uh, people, when they were going on, important people, when they were going on a long journey, would send someone on ahead to prepare resting places on that journey. And so uh, as they traveled for their day, they needed a rest. Someone had gone ahead and prepared somewhere for them to rest for that night. And then the next day, that person would go on ahead and prepare a place for them to rest the next night. It's like that. Jesus says, uh, I've gone before you to prepare the way. We're un in unknown, uncharted territory with this uh, virus, uh, although it is not the first time that a pandemic has occurred many times in history there have been pandemics perhaps not quite as severe as this one or as quickly spreading because of our modern transport and things but Jesus is going ahead of us to prepare a way and Jesus says you know the way to which Thomas says no we don't uh, Jesus says yes I am the way the truth and the life none of us knows quite 
how the next few weeks are going to pan out for us. But we do know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Next, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. There are a lot of people uh, out there who are, um, who, who are feeling isolated, feeling alone. I'll tell you a funny story. Yesterday, I tried to phone somebody in our church uh, directory. In actual fact, someone might be able to help me here. I tried to phone Kerry Lewis, and the number that's in her directory I phoned, and this lady uh, with a very strong Somerset accent answered the phone, and she said, I think you've got the wrong number. And, and I said, oh, I'm ever so sorry. I, 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 I tried to phone somebody else called Kerry. And um, she said, oh, I'm on my own. I'm self-isolating. Um, and I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, are you got, have you got some people to look after you? Oh, yes, my daughter sends me food. And she said, oh, I, I said, what's your name? She said, my name's Sheila. I said, my name's Laurie. So I was having this conversation with someone I'd never met uh, right on the, on the phone. Um, she thought she was alone, but actually I managed to have a, a conversation with her. Um, so do pray for Sheila <laughs> there on her own in Ilminster. I'm sure she will be one of many people uh, who feel on their own. But Jesus says, I've not left you on your own. I've, left, I've not left you as orphans. I will send the paraclete. That's the word in Greek. It means uh, comforter, counsellor. Of course, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, the paraclete means one who comes alongside. So for those who are in self-isolation, we have one who comes alongside. But we need one another as well. So, you know, that phone call, that card, that text, whatever it might be, could be really crucial for somebody uh, in this day and age. Two more bits of encouragement. Because I live, you also will live. Our future, our life is in Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. I can't believe that it's only two weeks to Easter. Do you know that? Next Sunday is Palm Sunday and the following Sunday, Easter Day. Uh, you know, we not only we've forgotten the days, we've forgotten the seasons, but it's two weeks until Easter Day. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And because I live, you also will live. The risen Christ is with us. And then, oh, that's our phone going now. Um, and then he says um, to Thomas, don't you know me, Thomas? Don't you know me? Do you know my father? If you know me, you will know my father. The, the only important thing for us uh, is to know Jesus. Be assured he knows you. He knows your fears. He knows the times when you've been weeping at home or anxious. Uh, the only thing that is important is to know Jesus. And if we do that, if we know the way, the truth and the life, uh, perfect love drives out that fear. Uh, now, Wynne said to us earlier a very good point about uh, not becoming too insular. And, and it's very easy to do that. Uh, um, Karen just pointed out to me the other day that one of our favourite songs from the 1960s uh, was a group, one by the Seekers that called A World of My Own, A World of Our Own. We'll build a world of our own that no one else can share. 
And in a sense, we could build those personal worlds, but actually uh, we need to break out of them uh, because of other people. This is uh, just going to finish by reading you something uh, that Tom Wright has written on Premier Radio. Uh, and the article is about how Christians responded to ancient plagues. And he points out that actually pandemics are, are nothing new. They've been happening for centuries and centuries. Um, it's just the way that this has spread and we know so much about it, which is uh, different to the last one. Um, and how quickly our, our, our life is uh, really so fast paced flying here, flying there, that actually it spread so quickly. Um, he goes on to say, when a plague struck a city in the second, third or fourth century, the Christians took this as a call to look after people and to nurse people. Any Christian doctor would say, right, this is what I'm here for. Most people, especially the rich and respectable, would take to the hills and get out of town fast, rather than be caught in this plague. Their attitude was leave that lot to die. But the Christians would stay and nurse people. This is one of the reasons why people became Christians, because they looked at these funny Christians who they'd always thought were weird for all the usual reasons, and they said, why did you do that? Why did you come and nurse us? We're not your family. We're not your tribe. And they would say, it's because we follow this man called Jesus who went about doing good and touching lepers and touching corpses and risking uncleanness in order to bring health. Of course, some of the Christians would die. We've already heard in that story from, Mark, from Mike earlier about the Italian Christian who died having shared his faith with the doctors. But this was an extraordinary witness. I'm not saying therefore all Christians should rush out and find coronavirus patients and lay hands on them or whatever, although there may be some who are called to that ministry. Obviously, this doesn't mean that we can ignore public health instructions. The point he's making is that this pandemic offers opportunities for mission. And I'll finish with a story. Yesterday, uh, I went to get some medication for um, a young woman uh, lives in the village. Uh, she basically doesn't come out of our house much because she's got severe anxiety uh, and depression. Uh, she doesn't meet many people in any case. But I, I went and got this medicine and I went and stood my two meters at the door, uh, handed it over. And she started talking to me and she said she hadn't sort of been able to talk to anyone for quite a long time. And uh, we had quite a long conversation. And I said to her, um, have you tried praying? And, and she said, uh, well, uh, no, not normally. Um, and um, I said, well, you know, it's good to talk to somebody, but actually, you know, you can always pray. Uh, and if you call out to God, he does hear. And he will presence himself with us. Uh, so you see, folks, there may be a simple thing like getting someone's medicine, but that might be an opportunity for us to share the love of Jesus. And uh, I hope and pray that we will be able to do that in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in.